I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You are listening to More Than a Song, episode 484. And welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I'm going to introduce a lot of scripture and Bible interaction exercises on this episode, and I thought it might be helpful to offer a free one-page PDF guide that you can use after you finish listening so that when you pull out your Bible and interact with the text yourself, you have a guide. So grab this episode 484 guide at michellenizette.com forward slash 484 download. And if you've already subscribed to my email list, then this guide is already in your inbox, ready to help you discover and meditate on God's word in new ways. This week's song, Loved by You by Riley Clemens, was a suggestion by a friend and listener. God's affirmation of his love is found throughout scripture, and I kind of had a hard time picking one place, but I can't wait to share what I uncovered, and I promise I'll get to that. But first, let's listen. Kevin Davis over at New Release Today had the privilege of interviewing Riley Clemens about this song. And I'm going to go ahead and link to the article in the show notes, but here's what she said is the story behind the song. She says, after walking through a season of intense creative burnout and navigating the challenges of an all-time low in my mental health, I took extended time away from music to get quiet with God and my faith. I ultimately began the journey of getting my brain and soul healthy again. Loved by You tells what I rediscovered and learned in that quiet season. The Lord reminded me that my identity and worth are rooted in the unchanging and evergreen truth that an awesome and faithful God loves me. Burnout, low mental health, identity crisis. Can you relate to any of these things? And I love that Riley was courageous enough to take a step back and to get quiet with God and her faith. She allowed him to remind her of his love. And I pray that as we dive into scripture today, you will allow God to take you on a similar journey because my friend, you are loved by God. It's extraordinary how much, really, uh, but don't take my word for it, or Riley's even. Uh, Let's seek him for this revelation. And let me go ahead and pause here to say something that I say often, but maybe haven't said in a while. Please don't let Christian music be your scripture and source of truth. It should reaffirm truth. It should reflect truth. But music is art, not scripture. So harness the power of music by letting it remind you of what you read and study in God's word. But it cannot replace it and should always be measured by it. 
So let's go ahead and get to scripture, shall we? Um, I actually spent some time in two different places over the last couple of weeks in preparation for today's podcast. So without further ado, let's head over to the letter from Paul to the Ephesians. So the first thing I did was to read the entire letter to the Ephesians in one sitting. It is only six chapters, and if you've never tried something like this before, I highly recommend it. In fact, that is taking the bite of reading in context. Now, BITE is an acronym, B-I-T-E, Bible Interaction Tool Exercises, and these are the exercises that I use to keep my time in God's Word effective and varied, and reading in context is my favorite. So the next thing I did was to read Ephesians out loud. So reading the text aloud is an excellent bite. Uh, Reading out loud has several benefits. One is that it improves memory retention of the words you're reading. So I had a listener reach out recently and he had a concern that he is just not remembering what he's reading when he reads the Bible. And reading the text out loud is a great bite to take to improve memory retention of the text. Now reading out loud means that you're taking another bite as well. It means you are slowing down. And when you slow down, you notice new words more. Or maybe you just notice the words that you have your antenna up for. So I think what I did next falls under the bite of exploring a theme and takes the bite of marking up the text uh, because I had my antenna up for God's love. So I looked for all of the references to God's love. Now, there are references to love in Ephesians. That is the love uh, that we are to display. But God's love stands out since our song talks about being loved by you and the you in that lyric is God. So I actually used the inductive highlight palette in my Logos Bible software. And um, basically that allows me to kind of like mark up the text like I would if I had highlighters and pins, but I'm just doing it in my software. And so I read the text aloud one more time. And on this palette, it basically highlighted every instance of God's love in yellow with a red heart over it. And then I also went ahead and marked up every um, reference to love that wasn't God's love. That was maybe our love that we're supposed to display with a pink heart. Now, I don't want you to get legalistic about this. Mark it up in whatever way you want to. It's just I use that palette, and, it, and so it just it differentiated the two different kinds of love in this instance. Now, I actually didn't take the next uh, bite of, com- of compare and contrast, um, but don't you think it would be interesting to compare God's love and, and contrast it with our love in the text of Ephesians? I just think that could be kind of fun. So if that's something you want to try, um, that's a little bonus. You could try that on your own. But here are the verses that I discovered that talk about God's love in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And there's just a handful, but um, enough that I think we can really uh, get a deeper understanding. So Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Oh, such a good verse. Um, You know, death to life because of love. (laughs) You know, if you listened to episode uh, 483, you should be as giddy as I am as you're thinking about this, because we really explored this idea of death to life. And this is this theme shows up again here, right here in Ephesians chapter two again. So if you really thought deeply about that, here's another instance of it. So cool. Um, Ephesians chapter three, verses 17 through 19 says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So here you have uh, God's love again. And then two more times in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2 says walk in love 
as Christ loved us. So there's two loves, right? I walk in love. That's the kind of love that we're supposed to have as Christ loved us. That's Christ's kind of love and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And then um, verse 25 says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So you've got um, examples of his love there as well. So let's look a little closer now that we've identified those verses. And if um, you want to head over to the show notes, michellekneesat.com forward slash 484. Uh, I will have all of these verses listed out for you so you don't have to ch- uh, jot them down. Um, or they'll be in your inbox if you're my subscriber. I, I send those to you in your email as well. But if as we look a little closer at the characteristics of God's love, we can um, that we just look at these verses. Let's see what we can learn about God's love. In fact, let's go ahead and make a list. Uh, that's the bite of making a list of what we see. So, for example, in the Ephesians 2 reference, God's love is described as great, a great love. A, a closer work, a look at this word shows us that it is a large and abundant, a plenteous kind of love. God's love that he loves us with is a great love. And Ephesians chapter 3, uh, Paul wants us to be rooted in this love, God's love. I looked up what the word love there was, and it's agape love. And this noun, agape, carries the sense of affectionate regard or benevolence towards someone. And so I added to my list that God's love is a grounding love, it is an affectionate love, and it is a kind love. And so when you're rooted, also when you're rooted in something, you have stability and a set place. So that's why I put this grounding love. I'm going to say more about that in a minute, but let's go ahead and move on to verse 19 in chapter three, where we see that the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. And then I'm going to add that it fills us with all the fullness of God. That's what the scripture says there. And then finally, those those two verses in Ephesians, in Ephesians 5 indicate that God's love is a sacrificial love. So as a recap, here's what I would put on my list. Great, grounding, surpasses knowledge, kind, uh, fills us with all the fullness of God, affectionate and sacrificial. So these are all the things that I came up with as I am uh, going back to those verses and saying, okay, I see God's love mentioned here. What can I learn about it based on what Paul says about it um, in the surrounding verses? So if we never studied God's love anywhere else than in Ephesians, <laughs> when we sing that we are loved by you, we know that we are loved with a great grounding sacrificial love that surpasses knowledge and fills us. That's amazing. But let's go back. uh, Let's go back up to that rooted and grounded in love. And so Ephesians 3.17 says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. So let's take a moment to take the bite of defining a word. When I look up the word grounded, uh, there are many English definitions. So I want to look closer at the definition that is closest to the meaning of the Greek word. And so the Greek word for grounded right there is the melio, which means established. And so I can now use uh, one of my favorite free online tools for synonyms is wordhippo.com. And when I look up the word grounded there, there, there are several definitions, again, that give you different groups of synonyms. But I go ahead and jump down to the group that best represents the Greek word. And it's, it's the one that says firmly established and difficult or unlikely to change. Okay, so I'm looking for synonyms that um, uh, synonyms for grounded and established. Okay. So that very first synonym on that list is rooted. (laughs) So I'm, I know I'm on the right track and other words are include settled, established, firm, deep, deep deep-seated, deep-rooted, confirmed, 
this is really meaningful as we consider the felt needs reflected in our song. You know, the lyrics talk about, they say, sometimes doubt starts creeping in. Well, when that happens in my life, I start to, well, well, let's just take, let's take the bite of considering the opposite of grounded. Um, and then, and then I want to come back to this. So I, I had to look at the antonyms or the opposite of the word established in order to get the opposite of, of this firmly established and unlikely to change. And here's what I found. Transient, short-lived, temporary, fleeting, passing, momentary, impermanent, casual, flitting. Now, I know some of you have experienced this kind of love from people, <laughs> or worse, uh, offered this kind of love. But God's love is none of these things because God is none of these things. So when you sing, I am loved by you, you can remember that his agape love is benevolent and affectionate, but it is it is also uh, not transient, short-lived, temporary, fleeting, passing, momentary, impermanent, casual, or flitting. So, but the word grounded um, is, is not the description of the characteristic of God's love. It is, a, it is a characteristic of our state of being because of God's love. So interestingly, the word English word grounded could also apply to our mental stability. So when we are grounded and established, when we are rooted in God's love, we are stable and collected and composed and sensible and balanced, unworried, confident, and secure. When we are not grounded, we find ourselves neurotic and paranoid, panicky, nervous, anxious, manic, irrational, disturbed, and unstable. That is not what God has for us. In fact, let's let's take the rest of our time to explore a prayer that Paul includes in this letter. It is a prayer for the reader in light of everything he shared in the letter up to that point. So in the New Living Translation, it reads, when I think of all this, and then he, he, he goes into the prayer. In the ESV, it reads, for this reason, and then he goes into the prayer. So in fact, let me introduce another bite here. So read and study in various translations. I actually soaked in the New Living Translation version of this prayer. But pulling it out to read it in the ESV, the English Standard Version, has given me those words to explore. So that's where I got the words grounded and all that. So, for example, in the ESV, verse 17, it says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, dot, dot, dot. And then in the New Living Translation, it reads, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Now, there's there's more interpretation being done for me in that New Living Translation. And I don't think it's wrong to say, keep you strong, but the ESV puts me closer to those original words. And when I study those words, then I just deepen my understanding beyond that. Um, and that's why I like to read and keep on reading in the New Living Translation, and I like to study in the English Standard Version. But overall, uh, the reason I read and study in context is because this prayer is not coming out of thin air for Paul. Again, it's at the end of chapter three, and he has already spent some time unpacking Christ's position, uh, unpacking grace through faith, our oneness in Christ, and the mystery of the gospel, among other things. And then he basically says, in light of all this, this is what I want to pray for you. So you'd be missing a lot if you only studied this prayer and not everything else that led up to this prayer. 
So let's go ahead and, and explore this prayer. Let's read it from the New Living Translation. It's verses 14 through 21 of Ephesians chapter 3. And it says, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. And as I said earlier, God's love is agape love, this benevolent and affectionate love. It, it, it has our best good in mind. It's, it's kind, but it is also wide and long and high and deep. Remember, it's great and it really is uh, beyond measure. And as I studied this prayer, three key words jumped out at me, love, strength, and power. Now we've, we've already explored love, so let's look at strength and power. So Paul is praying for us to be strengthened with power through God's spirit. The the NLT says, empower you with inner strength. And this is the kind of strength that we lack when we are not grounded and rooted in God's love. A a lack of this inner strength is, is why we experience mental health and identity crises. So I join with Paul in praying that God will empower you with inner strength through his spirit according to the riches of his glory. And there's one more place in this prayer where Paul wants us to have strength, and it is the strength to comprehend and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. Now, that sounds very spiritual, but also conflicting, right? I mean, how can we have strength to comprehend and know a love that surpasses knowledge? How can we know something that surpasses knowledge? Well, that's where the power comes in. We are strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit. And verse 20 calls it the power at work within us. This power is dynamis power. And I explored this kind of power at length in episode 478. It is the episode where we explore deeply this idea that Christ's power, his dynamis, is made perfect in our weakness. This was one of the most impactful episodes. Um, I think about it all the time. So I encourage you to go back and listen to it or listen to it for the first time if you missed it. But dynamis means possession of controlling influence. It's often understood as manifesting influence over reality in a supernatural manner. So this is God's power that we're talking about. This is the dynamis of Christ that strengthens us. This is the supernatural influence over reality that empowers us. But to what end? Well, verse 17 says, then, in the, in, in the New Living Translation, and so that, in the ESV, and both words are words that should pull you to the edge of your seat. You know, uh, because once we're empowered by God's spirit in our innermost being, what comes next? Then what? Why does Paul want this for us? Well, verse 17 says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love and goes on. So the New Living Translation says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. So that's the kind of strength God wants for us. And that's how he delivers it. 
through his power at work within us. And he wants to use that power to root and ground us in his love and to help us comprehend and experience that love supernaturally. The only way that you can comprehend and experiencing some, experience something that surpasses knowledge is supernaturally. And that's how he wants to help us do that. I guess what I'm trying to say is that you can log off this podcast with more understanding of God's love and you could understand words like grounded and strength and power and even, maybe even remember the Greek word for it, but you will only comprehend and experience it through the dynamis of God's spirit within you. So yes, I join Paul in asking that God grant you that. And I close as Paul closes his prayer for you uh, in Ephesians 3 verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So what's next? dive into Ephesians. Read it all the way through. Read it out loud. Read it in various translations. Then interact with the text to gain a better understanding of God's love. And when you sing, I am loved by you, do you understand more about what kind of love God's love really is? And finally, pray and ask God to grant you to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being so that you can comprehend and experience the love that he has for you and so that you can be rooted and grounded in that love. And while you're in God's word, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneesat. On Facebook, Michelle L. Kneesat is my public page, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. You can check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. And then don't forget to grab that episode guide that I talked about, michellekneesat.com forward slash 484 download. And with that in mind, I want to thank any new subscribers who've subscribed lately, like Cynthia from Wisconsin, Ursuli from Texas, Anthea from South Africa, Morrison from Kenya, Ada from the UK, Angel from North Carolina, and Janelle from Washington. Welcome. And don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com or your podcast listening app of choice. And if you haven't left a review yet, please do that today. You can do it wherever you are listening to your podcast or go to love the podcast cast.com forward slash more than a song and click on the link there. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next time, I will be featuring Abandoned by Benjamin William Hastings to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, X, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 484. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.